0: Okay, praises be to our loving Father that we are able to again gather together to study his words and his commands So we go back to the study of Bible history. For those of you who are not aware, we have started a project called the BHP or Bible History Project for the purpose of going through the entire Bible or scriptures verse by verse as best as we can and kind of learn from what the Bible has to say about certain matters in our life even today. And so we're, we're about to finish the book of Joshua, and we're going to look into Joshua chapter 20 today, which is about the cities of refuge. Now, a quick recap of the first 19 chapters of the book of Joshua. We know that uh, Joshua was commanded to conquer the land, And afterwards to distribute the land according to the tribes. And this was done. And so we have the conquest and the occupation. The subject matter of Joshua all the way to 19. So after the distribution of land through the different tribes. Now comes one of Yahuwah's commandment. That was given to Moses before they entered the promised land. What is that? The book of Joshua Chapter 20, one, two, three, Yahuwah said to Joshua, now tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge. As I instructed Moses, anyone who kills another person accidentally and unintentionally can run to one of these cities. They will be places of refuge from relatives seeking revenge for the person who was killed. So one of the commandments given by Yahuwah to Moses was when they entered the promised land, they were to set apart or designate cities of refuge. And the purpose of the cities of refuge was basically to provide a place of safety for people who were running away because of threats against their own lives. Because there's a teaching in the Holy Bible about what is to happen for those who commit murder. However, there are instances when what is done, murder was done accidentally or unintentionally. In this case, the person who commits the manslaughter that should not be appointed death. However, because of human nature, we know some relatives of the person who was killed, they go out to seek revenge. And so they, go, they want to kill uh, the one who committed the manslaughter. And so if this was to take place, Throughout the land of Israel, it would provide instability across the land. So, Yahuwah wanted to provide safety for those who accidentally or unintentionally, meaning they were doing this out of self defense, of people who kill uh, another person or other people so that they can find refuge uh, for themselves. So, one thing we know and understand about the cities of refuge provided by Yahuwah is that Yahuwah has a high regard for human life in the book of Genesis 9 verse 6 it says if anyone takes a human life that person's life will also be taken by human hands for God made human beings in his own image and so Yahuwah has a high regard for human life because human beings were created in his image and so Yahuwah gave a decree long ago even before Moses Yahuwah says if someone takes a human life, the person must also be uh, taken away or put to death. And so this was an ongoing uh, decree of Yahuwah from the very beginning and up until the days of Moses. And the reason why this was important is because it shows the value of human life. And also it preserves stability, orderliness, and growth. Can you imagine living in a world when you are free to kill anyone that you want? Of course, there will be instability, disorderliness, and chaos. And this is not what Yehuda wants to see in the world today. And so what he wants is to preserve human life as much as possible. And so to deter against the, the free killing, of other individuals who gave the command that those who murder should be put to death. So God required murderers be punished in ancient Israel. And in that culture, the final responsibility for justice rested with a designated goel, avenger of blood in the family. Because sometimes you have a family and someone was uh, was killed or murdered by another person. Because there's a vendetta or there's a family feud going on or some kind of a, a reason for why a person was put to death. The Bible says if one can select a goel or avenger of blood for the sake of the family who suffered the murder. This is so that justice can prevail. Now how important is it to Yahuwah that one who kills ought to be put to death? In the Book of Numbers 35, 33 to 34, this will ensure that the land where you live will not be polluted, for murder pollutes the land. And no sacrifice except the execution of the murderer can purify the land from murder. You must not defile the land where you live, for I live there myself. I am Yahuwah, who lives among the people of Israel. And so according to Yahuwah, when he gave a command to Moses... He's telling Moses murder pollutes or defiles the land. And so if you live in a city and murderers are not properly dealt with, it pollutes the land. The only way that the land can be purified is when the murderer is executed. This is the stipulation of God long ago, days of even during the time of uh, Noah, to Moses and even today. However, we know in many countries today, a murderer, well, they don't have to suffer or they don't have to endure or they don't have to receive the death penalty. And perhaps that's the reason why the land is polluted so much. It is suffering terrible consequences because according to our father Yahuwah, a murderer should be punished and the punishment is the execution of the murder. However, in cases where the killing was done accidentally or unintentionally, Yahuwah does provide a refuge for those who commit manslaughter so that they don't have to end up becoming a victim of a family member or a relative who wants to afflict revenge. So Yahuwah decides You need to establish a place of refuge, designate cities of refuge. And so how does this work? So let's say, for example, that you're an Israelite and accidentally, while you were working on the field, you kill someone. And so the person who was killed has family members. They're going to be upset and will seek revenge. And so the relatives might pursue you and try to kill you. And so for you to be able to find a protection, the cities of refuge is the place to seek that protection. And so they will run to the city of refuge. And so once they get to the city of refuge, what happens there? Upon reaching one of these cities, the one who caused the death will appear before the elders, at the city gate and present his case they must allow him to enter the city and give him a place to live among them and so there are people at the gate of these cities and once a person who commits a manslaughter enters the city they have to appear to the elders and so the elders will evaluate the case the person running to the cities of refuge will present his or her case, and so once they get there, it is the duty of the elders in that particular city to allow this person safety, safe passage, a place to live there in that city. Well, what if the relatives pursue this person and still wants to avenge the death? Joshua chapter 20 verse 5, if the relatives of the victim come to avenge the killing, The leaders must not release the slayer to them, for he killed the other person unintentionally and without previous hostility. So the Bible says even if the avenger of blood pursues the person who commits the manslaughter, pursues him all the way to the city of refuge, the elders will not release the person who committed the manslaughter. This is against the will of God and so God wants to make sure that there's a city of refuge where a person who commits manslaughter or unintentional or accidental killing to find peace and safety and protection however the person who enters the city will they have to stay in that city until when let's read the book of Joshua chapter 20 verse 6 but the slayer must stay in that city and be tried by the local assembly, which will render a judgment. And he must continue to live in that city until the death of the high priest who was in office at the time of the accident. After that, he is free to return to his own home in the town from which he fled. But if I were the person who committed the manslaughter, I probably won't go back there anymore. Right, you just probably want to stay in that city of refuge, however, when a person enters a city of refuge, the elders will assess his case and they will. The person will be tried by the local assembly and give a judgment And so it's basically what kind of what we have today, where you have a courtroom there's a judge there are people who are witnesses, and so they listen to the case. And they hand out the appropriate judgment, depending on the specifics of the case. Nevertheless, person who's found innocent, it was truly accidental. They get the right to stay in that city, and they should stay in that city until after the death of the high priest. So there are cities designated to be cities of refuge. How many cities were designated cities of refuge. And what were their names? Let's read the book of Joshua 27 to eight. The following cities were designated as cities of refuge. Kadesh of Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country, of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba that is uh, Hebron in the hill country of Judah. On the east side of the Jordan River, Across from Jericho, the following cities were designated, Bezer in the wilderness plain of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead in the territory of the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan in the land of the tribe of Manasseh. And so six cities were designated to be cities of refuge. And so that's Joshua chapter 20. Joshua chapter 20 is already finished. However, the cities of refuge provides comfort for each one of us because we all know in scripture, somehow, some way, it points to who? It points to our king, Yahushua, including the cities of refuge. Take note, there are six cities. And the names of the six cities are Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron, Bezer, Ramoth, and Golan. And so people who commit an accidental killing, they can run to any of the cities to find refuge and protection. Now, what does this reveal to us about Yahuwah, our God? It shows us that in Psalms 103:14 for he knows how weak we are he remembers we are only dust and so the person who suffers uh, a death the family who suffers death right it's human it's human nature to seek revenge this is why we have wars all the time because people want to seek revenge right and so according to the holy scriptures we human beings are prone to sin Yahuwah knows we are weak And so Yahuwah provides opportunities for a person who is guilty of sin to find a way, to find protection, to find an opportunity to again restore himself. That's one of the purposes of the cities of refuge. It points to Yahuwah's desire that a person caught in sin is again able to find restoration for himself. And so there are different cities of refuge. This is how it's spread out throughout the land of Israel. You notice that it's spread out so that it doesn't matter where you are living, you can be living in southern Israel or northern Israel, you can always find a city of refuge that's not too far. You don't have to cross the entire land of Israel to go to a city of refuge. It was purposely distributed this way so a person can have easy access to a city of refuge because once they run into and through the gates of the city, They're safe. They're protected. So protection, restoration, that's kind of the idea of the cities of refuge. And this again reflects Yahuwah's mercy. In fact, in the book of Romans 1132, it says, for God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Have you noticed ever since the time of Adam and Eve, Even after we fall because of sin and Yahuwah punishes us, he always provides an opportunity for us to make amends and to restore ourselves. That is Yahuwah's mercy. He is just and so he punishes. He is holy and so he punishes the wicked. However, he's also merciful and compassionate and loving. And so even though he punishes people, he also provides the way by which that person can redeem himself. And so the cities of refuge kind of reflect that mercy of our father, because even as God punishes, he provides a refuge to give the opportunity for reflection, repentance and restoration. However, something deeper is hidden in this Commandment of the Father Yahuwah to designate six cities as cities of refuge. When you dig deeper in scripture, you always find a picture of our king, Yahushua, and Yahuwah's work of salvation through Yahushua. We get an indication of this, the reason why we should come and looking for clues that point to Yahushua is the fact this is mentioned in Joshua chapter 20 and the verse 6. He must continue to live in that city until the death of the high priest. And so automatically that should kind of register in your mind and alert you to say to yourself, you know what, this could be pointing to Yahusha in some way because it mentions the death of the high priest and then you become free. So the death of the high priest leads to freedom, right? And so that points to Yahusha, because of his death, we find freedom. While we wait for freedom, we enjoy refuge in Yahuwah through Yahusha. And so how do the cities of refuge picture our king, Yahusha? Well, let's begin here in the book of Hebrews 6, 18 to 20. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Yahushua has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so, Yahuwah designates six cities of refuge. A refuge is a place where you can go to to find safety and rest. And in our life today, we do need refuge, a place to go to, a refuge, especially now, right? Because nowadays, there's so many things that kind of bring distress in our life. Like what? Like wars and rumors of wars, hardship, sickness, anxiety, worries, natural disasters, diseases. So many things that bring distress in our mind, affecting our life. Nowadays, we need a place where we can go to for refuge. And so the Bible tells us the cities of refuge point to Yahuwah as the ultimate City of refuge is the ultimate source of refuge. It's Yahuwah. The cities of refuge is specifically for people who commit unintentional killing. But we as human beings, we need a refuge when we experience troubles and problems and suffering in our life. Bible says Yahuwah is our refuge. What kind of refuge is our father Yahuwah? He is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. This is why when we make Yahuwah our refuge, we will not fall. We will not falter, regardless of what we are facing in the world today, because Yahuwah is strong and trustworthy anchors, anchor for our souls. However, how can we make Yahuwah our refuge? Bible says, Yahushua has already gone in there for us in God's inner sanctuary to become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Remember the purpose of the high priest. He's the one who mediates for the sake of people to be able to access Yahuwah God in his presence. And so because Yahushua has entered the most holy place, he has given us access to him so we can now make Yahuwah our refuge so Yahuwah is our refuge through Yahusha, and so upon realizing that we have this great source of strength and comfort and restoration in Yahuwah through Yahushua what would be the best thing to do well we need to remain in Yahushua I mean the foolish thing to do is to find a place of refuge in times of trouble. And then you leave, right? I mean, why would you leave a place of shelter or a place of refuge, especially now when we are being attacked on all all fronts? Why would you leave that place of refuge? So we need to always remain in Yahusha because Yahusha is the reason why we have access to the Father as our refuge. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Yahushua. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And so because of our... Union with Christ Yahusha, Yahuwah and Yahushua become our refuge. Let's remain living in Yahusha because the moment we step away from Yahusha, guess what? Yahuwah is no longer our refuge. This is why the wise thing for us to do in this life when we face so many problems is to make sure we remain in Yahusha. We don't leave Yahushua, we remain. In Yahusha. It's a foolish thing to live to, to leave your place of refuge. Yeah. So in the Holy Bible, there's an instance where a person who fled to a city of refuge decides to leave it even just for from a short distance, just at the gate. And what happened to him? Let's take a look at Second Samuel, chapter three verse 27. Now when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately, and there stabbed him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. You know, what we read here is about a feud between two camps or two houses, the house of David, the house of Saul. Saul was the first king, David was the second king. And so we know that there was a feud between Saul and David, who started it. Saul, because of his jealousy. Eventually Saul and his son, uh, Saul eventually dies, right? However, the the feud kind of still continued. And so there was animosity and hostility between the camp of Saul and the camp of David. Even after David was anointed to become king of all Israel. There were those on Saul's camp who still did not like the house of David, so there were still ongoing battles between the two houses, the house of Saul, the house of David. Now Saul had his general and David had his general. Do you remember who the general of Saul was? Who was Saul's general? His name was Abner, right? David, who was his uh, general? His name was Joab. And so Abner and Joab, they were the generals of Saul and David, respectively. And so they, were so they were kind of leading these ongoing battles even after David became king. Now, Joab happens to have a brother, and his name is Asahel. And Asahel pursued Abner, trying to kill him. But Abner did not want to fight, but ends up killing Asahel out of self-defense. And so self-defense killing, is that considered intentional or unintentional? unintentional. I mean, his intent was to preserve his life, self-defense, but it's considered an accidental or unintentional killing. However, because of Asahel dying, getting killed, guess who wants to act in vengeance? Who becomes the Goel? It would be Joab. That's my brother you killed. So Joab wants to kill Abner. And so what does Abner do? Well, he goes to the city of Refuge, which one? The one in Hebron. But Joab somehow deceives Abner to step out of the city of refuge, outside the gate. And so once he did that, what happens to him? He gets killed. Right? Joab stabs him so that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. And so technically what he did was permissible. Because he was outside the city of refuge. You see, beloved brethren, it's not safe to step out of the city of refuge. Right now, we are in a spiritual city of refuge. Do you believe that? And if we step out of our spiritual city of refuge, what happens to us? We're going to be vulnerable. Vulnerable to what? Attacks. Do you know who's outside, prowling, looking for someone to devour? The devil, right? The devil, devil, according to Apostle Peter, is likened to a lion looking for sheep to devour. And so the sheep, well, they have to remain in the flock. The sheep, they have to remain in the city of refuge. And so we need to remain in the city of refuge. The spiritual city of refuge, of course, is our relationship with our king. Yahushua. Now why should we stay and remain committed and cling and remain inside the city of refuge or in union with Christ Yahushua? That's because of what we have access to when we are in Christ Yahushua. This is why it's such a beautiful image. The cities of refuge in the way it points to what we have access to in Christ, Yahushua. Because when you have the cities of refuge, the Bible gives them six names. We have already known that the names in the Holy Bible have meanings, right? And the meanings of these cities, it all points to our King Yahushua. And how we have access to certain blessings in our union with Yahushua, these names of the six cities of refuge basically give us some of these benefits or blessings. For example, the name Kadesh in Hebrew, Kadesh, what does that mean? It basically means a holy city or a sanctuary. A sanctuary is a place where we can have access to the holiness and presence of our Father. And so when we Envision the city of refuge of Yahushua, or when we look to see what is available for us because we belong to our King Yahushua, one of these benefits is that we have a sanctuary in Yahushua. In the book of Psalms 132 7 to 8, let us go to the sanctuary of Yahuwah. Let us worship at the footstool of his throne. Arise, O Yahuwah, and enter your resting place along with the ark, the symbol of your. Power. So we know that the sanctuary of Yahuwah is the place where we can experience the presence of Yahuwah, a place where we can worship Yahuwah. And so it's a place where we can find rest. And that's one of the things that we have access to when we are in Yahusha. We can find rest for our souls. Even now we can find rest in Yahusha. How can we find rest in Yahusha, even now, and the whole world is in turmoil. The book of Hebrews 4:14 4, and 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Yahusha, the son of God, uh, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours, this high priest of ours, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And so Yahushua is our throne of grace by which we find sanctuary in the presence of Yahuwah and Yahushua. And upon this sanctuary, this throne of our gracious God, what shall we receive? Mercy and grace. Just when we need it the most. The people during the days of ancient Israel who were fleeing, running to the cities of refuge, they needed grace and mercy so bad, right? And us too. We need mercy and grace all the time. And so the Bible tells us we can run to and remain with Yahushua. Why can we remain with our King Yahushua? Because he understands our weaknesses. He will not reject us. He will open us with, he will receive us with open arms. That's our high priest. And so he is our Kadesh. Yahushua is our Kedesh, sanctuary by which we can find access to mercy and grace when we need it the most. Another city was called Shechem. Shechem. And what is the Hebrew word Shechem in English? What is the meaning? It basically means shoulder. Have you ever heard of the uh, idiom, a shoulder to cry on, right? And so when you are beset with problems and troubles in life, and you want to cry and weep, you look for someone to listen to you. And this person listening to you is kind of like a shoulder to cry on, and this person will support you. So the shoulder represents support in your moment of need, in your moment of lostness, someone who will support you. Shechem. And we all need support, we all need strength, and Yahuwah himself says that he wants to provide us that shoulder. As a matter of fact, a perfect illustration of shoulder, the shoulder, the idiom of shoulder being a source of strength and provision, is the beautiful psalm in Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, one to 3 it says, Yahuwah is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. So the Bible tells us that Yahuwah is our shepherd. When we think of a shepherd, we think of someone who is strong and capable of taking care of helpless sheep. (laughs) Because when you look at sheep, weak. When you look at a shepherd, strong strong shoulders and so the shepherd is a symbol of strength and care the ability to protect and to provide that's what a shepherd illustrates now yahuwah says i am your shepherd but he also designated a shepherd for us who could that be (laughs) yahusha in the book of luke 15 3 to 7 so yahusha told him this parable if a man Has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I think there's like some art where it depicts this scene in the story of our King Yahushua, where a shoulder... uh, A shepherd Yahusha is carrying a sheep. That's a beautiful picture of strength provided for those who were lost and weak. Yahusha is our shepherd; he's our shoulder to cry on. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, "Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep." In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who were righteous. And haven't strayed away again, the city Shechem, it pictures for us mercy and grace when we need it, because the sheep doesn't deserve to be saved here because he's lost. He left the flock. Right. But who goes pursuing him? The shepherd. What does he do? Once, once he finds him, he carries him on his shoulders and takes him back home, back to his refuge. And then there's great rejoicing in heaven. And so Shechem represents shoulder. This represents our king Yahusha being our shepherd in times when we feel weak. This is why, beloved brethren, we need to remember and keep in mind everything you will ever need in times of troubles in life is in Yahusha. Because Yahusha, well, he covers all of these different needs we have. Because he is the ultimate manifestation of our city, the city of refuge. Next, we have Hebron. Hebron. What does Hebron mean? It means fellowship. It means friendship. And how does this illustrate Yahusha? In the book of Romans 5, 8 to 11. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I don't know if you noticed the pattern here. But in the first three. Um, descriptions of the cities and how what it means in English and how it points to Yahushua, it begins with us being sinners. It begins with us being weak, right? It begins with us being lost. And it communicates to us that even though we are sinners and weak and lost, Yahuwah doesn't give up on us. Yahushua doesn't give up on us. That's what the cities of refuge kind of illustrate. It provides an opportunity for the weak, provides an opportunity for those who need mercy to find mercy, to find grace, right? So here we have someone, uh, we have God showed great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, While we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because Lord Yahusha Christ has made us friends of God. So the Bible tells us that while we were enemies, while we were sinners, in need of a city of refuge, what does God do? He gives up his own son. What does Yahusha do? He dies on the cross for us. So that by his blood... We now have a new fellowship, a relationship with Yahuwah. We have become the friends of God. No longer are we enemies. We are the friends of God because Yahusha died for us. This new relationship that we have with God, what are we able to have access to? Hebrews 10, 19, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because of the blood of Yahushua, by his death, Yahushua opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Isn't that beautiful? The city of refuge, Hebron, points to the work of Yahushua dying on the cross so that we can have fellowship with our Father. And so we have Ebron Fellowship. Next, we have Bezer. Any idea what Bezer means? Bezer means fortress. It symbolizes strength and protection. <laughs> That's what we need today, right? We need protection. We need strength. And so who can be our source of strength? Who can be our fortress? Psalms 18 to Yahuwah is my rock. Who's also likened to a rock? Yahusha. Yahuwah is a rock, Yahusha is a rock, dependable, reliable, strong, a fortress. Yahuwah is my rock, my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. And so we find Yahuwah to be a place of safety, a refuge because he's our rock, he is our fortress. And who also is our rock and our fortress, Yahusha? You know, when you go to a place of refuge, even if a pursuer finds you in that city of refuge, there's someone at the gate guarding. Right? Who are they? The elders are there. The priests are. are their people are there. And they won't let you in. They're going to make sure you you're protected. You know, when we belong to Yahusha. Do you know who becomes our protector? Our guardian? Yeah, 1 Peter 2, 24-25. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away. But now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. And so who becomes our guardian, our protector? Yahusha the one who carried our sins in his body. Again, this pictures the person who wanders away, the person who's sinner, undeserving, but when they run to, even if they don't deserve it. I hope you can see the, the picture of the cities of refuge as grace. Even when you don't deserve it, you can always go to a, a city of refuge. Even if you don't deserve it, you can always go to Yahushua. And once you go to Yahushua, if before you were lost, if before you were a sinner, Yehusha will become your guardian. And that's true today. He, he can be our guardian if we will let him. So pursue him. Go to him and never leave his side because he is the guardian of our souls. Bezer represents fortress, a protector, someone who will guard us. Next we have Ramoth, which means heights. Or uplifted or encouraged. And this is really a beautiful word, heights. When you think of heights, you think of someone who is at the low point in his life, and then somebody, and then he turns to somebody or somebody helps him out. And from that low point, he reaches new heights. In other words, you begin very discouraged, and then you end up very encouraged. Do do you see what Ramoth kind of illustrates and pictures in our mind? Someone who is very low, and then he's taken up to a position or a place where he or she doesn't deserve. And this is a a perfect illustration of this is the story of uh, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, Very hard to pronounce that name. Mephibosheth. How many here are familiar with the story of Mephibosheth, who was his father? The best friend of David. Who was the best friend of David? Jonathan. Who was Jonathan? The son of Saul. (laughs) Right? So Jonathan has a a Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth is a grandson of Saul. And so when David becomes king after the death of Saul, uh, the household of Saul, well, they began to go in hiding. Mephibosheth in the process suffers an injury, an accident, and he becomes crippled. And one day, David remembers him, and he calls Mephibosheth. And so David summons Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth is afraid. Why? Because he's anticipating that David is going to kill all the remaining remnants of, of Saul. And so Mephibosheth, who is crippled, right, he's afraid of his life. And so you can imagine he was at this very low point of his life. Before, he was at the high point when, his, when Jonathan and Saul were still alive and everything. And they die. David takes over. Now he's at a low point because he's crippled. And they're hiding the crippled man. Nobody wants to see a cripple in their vicinity. So they hide him. And so he has a very low point in his life. And he gets summoned by David. And so he's afraid. What does uh, David say to him? <laughs> it's beautiful. David says, don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. The people should bow respectfully and exclaim, who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? Can you imagine how low he was feeling I mean, he had no hope for living. He didn't want to live anymore, obviously. He considers himself a dog, right? And so when David summons him, he says, Why are you showing kindness to a dog like me? And the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your servant, you and your sons and servants are to farm. The land for him to produce food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And so here's David. He summons Mephibosheth, who was afraid because he thought he was going to die. He's going to be killed by David. But David shows him kindness. David says, I'm going to give you back land. I'm going to give you a house. And I'm going to give you servants who will work for you. And you get to eat at my table. He gets to eat at the table of the king. And so can you imagine from being low and being elevated by David, right? And so Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem, and ate regularly at the king's table. And so what we have here was the king taking this lowly servant who thought he was a dog, and he elevates him to the king's table and gives him the gift of uh, land and servants, provision, and privilege. That's a picture of Yahushua providing for our needs. A beautiful picture of what kind of heights we were given. In the book of Ephesians 2, 6-7, for he raised us from the dead. That's who we were before Yahushua found us. We were dead. Dead men walking. <laughs> That's who human beings are when they commit sin. Dead men walking. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us. With him in the heavenly, heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ, Yahushua. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ, Yahushua. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, Mephibosheth experienced great wealth. And grace and kindness from David. Yahuwah does the same thing. More so. Because we were dead. But even though we were dead. He invites us. And seats us on his table. In the heavenly realms. And shows us the wealth of his grace. And his kindness toward us. Through Yahushua. Again you notice Yahuwah. Initiates. Right. Right. Yahuwah provides that refuge, even for those who don't deserve it, the dead, the weak, the sinner, the lost. Yahuwah provides a refuge for them, and that refuge refuge, is Yahusha. And so he invites those who are weak and lost and are dead in their sin to go to Yahusha so that they can be taken to new heights, to be uplifted, to be encouraged. That's what we have in. Yahusha. And so the picture, the, the city of refuge was initiated by God. He was the one who gave that command long ago. And it's pointing to what Yahuwah is doing today, inviting people to find refuge in him through Yahusha. So let's go to our last name, uh, last city, Golan. Golan happens to mean rejoicing. Well, To pause here for a while and I want you to look at the different meanings of the different city names for the cities of refuge Kadesh, Shechem, Debron, Bezer, Ramoth, Golan. You start with sanctuary. You find fellowship. Sanctuary, you're able to approach God. Sanctuary, you approach God. And so through Yahusha, we are given the privilege of approaching God. Shoulder, we find the work of a shepherd in our life, helping us, giving us strength. Fellowship, And so we find friendship, we find a new relationship with Yahuwah through Yahusha. We find strength and protection as the fortress. We find encouragement and upliftment through Yahusha. And also we find rejoicing. This is why when our King Yahusha was here, what did he preach? And because he he influenced the apostles with what he preached, what did they preach? In the book of Philippians 4.4, 4, Apostle Paul says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So here's Apostle Paul, he's in a dungeon and he's writing these, this letter to the disciples and he's telling the, to the disciples, always be full of joy. Why? Because you belong to Yahushua. You know, if we are in the city of refuge, who is Yahushua? If we are in Yahushua, the spiritual uh, city of refuge, if we are in him, we have every right to be joyful. It's only if we leave Yehusha do we lose the opportunity for joy, for being full of joy. Apostle Paul says, You're in Yehusha, you're in the Lord, then it's you should be joyful, always be full of joy. Well, where did Apostle Paul get this idea? Yehusha. When he was teaching his disciples, he says, I have told you these things so that. You will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And so Yahushua, when he taught his disciples, he says, I'm teaching you these things so that you will be full, so that you will be filled with my joy. This is not the ordinary manufactured human joy that we have come, we have been accustomed to. You know, like when you go to Jollibee, you have joy eating a meal. (laughs) When you maybe go on vacation, you have joy. You know, there is like joy that is like very, very dependent on circumstances. Once the circumstances change, the joy goes poof, it's gone, right? But the, the kind of joy Yahusha is speaking about is different. It's robust. It's not dependent on circumstances, it's dependent on Yahusha being in us. This is why if Yehusha is our quote unquote city of refuge, we have access to that joy. In fact, Yahusha even says, your joy will overflow. This is a disciple who has learned how to practice in the presence of Yahusha and how to live his or her life in this city, a refuge in Yahusha. This is why in Yahusha we can be filled with joy. However, something that needs consideration is the trouble the scholars had in trying to decipher the meaning of Golan. Because some scholars say it's captivity, some say it's rejoicing. And so when you go to the Blue Letter Bible and look at Golan, it means their captivity, their rejoicing. What this is telling us when you combine the two, their captivity, their rejoicing, what this is telling us is in this life, We're going to feel like we are prisoners in this life. We're going to feel out of place, like a captive in this life. We're going to be persecuted and go through suffering. However, we will still have joy, and our joy will keep growing until it is manifested fully when Yahushua returns. And so, Golan represents captivity, and at the same time, Rejoicing. Rejoicing despite the captivity. Rejoicing despite the suffering. That's what Gola means. And it's a beautiful picture of what we have in Christ Yahushua. Because yes, in Christ Yahushua, we have joy. But we also have to face and be prepared to endure what? Hebrews 10, 32, 34. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember How you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Here's Apostle Paul speaking to those who belong to Christ. He says you have joy. But even if you go through suffering, even if things were taken from you, even if you were jailed, even if you were beaten, you still accepted it with joy. You know, if you look at the annals of early Christian history, historians will tell you about the true followers of Christ Yeshua, when they were persecuted by the Roman emperors, when they were given... The opportunity to recant their faith and be spared from being killed in the arena and devoured by beasts. You know what they said? We would rather have Yahushua. And while they they were being burnt alive, what were they doing? They were singing hymns. (laughs) Can you imagine being burnt alive, being eaten by beasts, and they were singing hymns of joy? I mean, how is that possible? How can you be captive? and be joyful at the same time. It's only possible through Yahusha. That's what Golan means. (laughs) Golan means joy, unquenched even by the problems of life. This is why, because of Yahusha, we have this opportunity for great joy, regardless of the circumstances, This is why the wise thing to do, the best thing to do, the only thing to do for us, remain in the city of refuge. Remain in Christ Yahushua and receive the blessing that Yahuwah wants to give all of us. We who are undeserving, we who are not worthy, we who are weak, we can become strong because of our King Yahushua. He is our city of refuge. That is our lesson. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, most holy and gracious Abba Yahuwah, thank you so much for providing for each and every one of us. Thank you for offering yourself as a place of refuge, a fortress, a shelter, a rock by which we can find safety and rest for our souls. Thank you, Father, because we know you are dependable. You are the one who anchors our soul so we can remain strong even when The winds blow fierce against us. We will remain standing because it is you who anchors us. You have become our strength, our place of safety. Many people today, they're becoming more and more fearful because of what is transpiring throughout the world. But we find safety in you. And so we beg you, may you please allow us always as privilege, to approach your sanctuary. Our King Yahushua, the throne of grace. You provide for all of our needs, even when we are undeserving. We started out as sinners, enemies of Abba. We were dead in our trespasses. We were lost because of our sins. But despite all of this, because of the love of the Father, and because of your love, you have provided us with an opportunity to find restoration through you. May you please help us to remain no matter what, You are now our guardian, our protector. You will be by our side. And so we are not afraid, regardless of what we face. Even if it's sickness, disease, even if it's hardship and suffering, even if it's death, we know King Yahushua, you will not leave us be. You are right there by our side, taking us to your bosom to enjoy everlasting life with you forevermore. Father, thank you so much for you are a source of comfort. Thank you so much, because we can always count on you. Bless your people who are sick. May you heal us, O oh Father, as we continue to place our complete hope and trust in you. We pray everything, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.